This is our real life series, year two. How long will it go? We don't know. Um, but I always hope that always what we share, you know, deals with, with real life. So um, thank you for coming out tonight. And again, as we said early on, church days affect the rest of your day. So I pray you get affected tonight. Okay. All right. Tonight, I want to talk to you about consistency. Everybody say consistency. How many of you would admit that probably one of our biggest problems with consistency is our inconsistency? Just think about if you were just consistent with things. Think about it. What if you were consistent with eating healthy and exercising? Now, now before you, you know, just brush me off on this, how many of you know that you probably should do those things? You know, and that's some of the top things on uh, the list of New Year's resolutions and things is that I'm going to eat better and I'm going to exercise. And then um, I won't even, you know, I won't even go there and ask questions on that tonight. But just think of consistency. If we consistently saved money, if we consistently obeyed God, if we consistently took care of things, most of the clutter and problems in our life is because we don't, we aren't consistent with our systems. You know, if we had a system of how to do this or this or this in our life, uh, consistently, our lives would be so organized. But how many of you know they tend toward disorder? You know, and so consistency in so many ways. And in particular tonight, I want to talk about our walk with God, the things toward God, okay? You must understand first off, and, and we'll, we'll go full circle to come back around to this. Everything is to him and for him, okay? We are here to glorify God. So we are here ultimately for the glory of God and for the good of man. That's your purpose in life. Not to try to get ahead financially, although I believe that you should, so that you can be blessed, so that you can be, so you can be a blessing. Um, you know, it's not just so you can have fun. I think you should have fun. Uh, Jesus, God has given us richly all things to enjoy. So I think there should be enjoyment in life. I was talking with some people before service about zip lining. You know, I think I think it's God. It's controlled rapture training. You know, it's just this way. We'll do it later that way, okay? So, um, lost my train of thought there. Got excited. But the things of God, we've got to be consistent in, in these things. How many of you know that God is consistent? Anybody glad that God is consistent? Are you glad that God's not moody? I've told you before, my second grade teacher would tell us sometimes, you know, that, you know, a storm would come up or whatever. And the whole back half of our classroom was windows, you know. And so it would get dark and had those windows. You'd take the pole and pull the little deal and tilt them in, you know. And, um, you know, we'd do that. And we had all, all the windows and no air conditioning. And then storm would come up. It sounds like Little House on the Prairie, doesn't it? But it really wasn't. But um, Storm would come up, and she would tell us sometimes, I think out of her frustration with us or whatever, she said, God is angry. And I can remember, you know, as a little second-grade boy, 14 at the time. Uh, no, no, that was, was a joke. Um, thinking, what is he angry about? 
Is it me? You know, and, and that's just warped. And I, I won't go there. I'm healed. But, um, but we've got to understand that God is consistent. Above everything else that God is, God is faithful. And you don't have to worry about, you know, and I can, everybody's this way. How's the boss? How's your dad? Are they in a good mood today? And I want you to know God's in a good mood. I said, God's in a good mood. Well, doesn't he see what's going on? Yeah, and he's, in, he's God, and he's in a good mood. He's the happy, blessed God. And so God is consistent. And we did not uh, coordinate this at all, but Pastor John had this song that we just sang tonight called Revelation Song. And in Revelation 1.8, for my notes tonight, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And I'll leave that up there if you would just for a moment. Look at this. Who is, that's present, who was, that's past, who is to come, that's future, the Almighty. So he always is Almighty. So you know what? It's just routine. It's just normal for God to be Almighty. Y'all? Was, he is, he was, he is to come. God, it's just God. He's just Almighty. And this is what we need to know. God is consistent and he's faithful to watch over his word, his character. He does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we can count on that. Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And he is consistent. God is consistent. Now the devil, he has some issues. But God, he is consistent. So a lot of this, you've heard a number of things because this is something I major on. I major on in my life, and I major on in getting this across into our hearts, into our thinking, into our life, that things actually become patterns in our life. And some people, I just want to be spontaneous. Yeah, like spontaneous combustion, you know. And, and I'm all for spontaneity just so long as it's planned. No, no, no. I mean, you've got to have things in place. You do. You have to have things in place. You, you know, and the better you have things in place, the more you can be spontaneous. That's a whole other thing. And you know, I hope I'm not, you're not missing me on this. But let me go over some of these things. These are very important. I'm going to make some big points on some things. And then I have something I, I think is encouraging yet sobering that we'll look at here tonight. First of all, what you do day by day takes you to your future. I'm, where'd it go? Day by day. What you do day by day takes you to your future. I want you to say this. What I do, what I do. Day, by day, day by day takes me to my future. So if you're inconsistent day by day, if you're doing the wrong things day by day, if you're doing the right things day by day, what you do day by day is going to take you into your future. I posted today that successful godly people have successful godly habits. You know, and so we think that just sprung up in their life. No, it did not. That's the result of successful godly habits that successful godly results will, will be in a person's life. Your habits determine your future. Your habits greatly affect your now, your present. And here's the deal. You, you will end up somewhere either by design or by default. 
Now, ultimately, for eternity, you're going to end up either by design or by default. You know, either a choice that you have made to follow Jesus or you just kind of, well, whatever, we'll see what happens kind of thing. But also in your life, listen to me, you're either going to end up, you're going to end up somewhere in life. Either by design or by default, you know, and then traveling man, why don't you settle down? You know, we've got to get a we've got to get a plan for our life, and it needs to be God's plan for our life that we commit to. Now, Pastor Brian Houston said this: many people want progress without the process, and they want the destination without the journey. And we've got to realize that actually life involves some discipline, and don't take the fun out of that, okay? There is fun and discipline because there is great reward and great joy, and it actually will make you high school football. Happy, stable, fruitful, blessed. We taught, what, 17 weeks or something on in training, and it's very important that we commit ourselves to this. And you say, well, I'm just not disciplined. Well, you know what? You need to, you need to, you need to get disciplined. You need... We all know that we could do better at being consistent. And really, this is what it's about, is being consistent. And uh, just think how much better you would feel if you were consistent in Bible study. Consistent in your prayer life with God. Consistent in being kind to people. You know, consistent in your obedience to God. Just think how how much better you would feel about things. So we need to, and I'm going to give you four Words that start with P real quick here. This is the kind of life that we need to commit to. First of all, we need to define. uh, Hold on. Did it go away? That's going to in a minute. Wanted to go thick. We need to define our principles. Can you all help me in the back there? Hands free. All right. We just finished a couple weeks ago talking about convictions. That you've got to get some convictions. There are some issues you need to wrestle to the ground. Get with God. Get with his word. Get with people of some wisdom. Look around you. We learn lessons uh, either by crisis or by the classroom. And we can learn from both. I'd I'd rather learn from the classroom. You can also learn by watching other people. You, you watch, you know, you watch Funniest Home Videos and you'll realize I'm never going to a party where there's a pinata. <laughs> or if they bring one out, I'm standing way over there. I mean, it just, I mean, you can learn by watching other people. How many of you know that? And so, first of all, we need to define our principles, get conviction. This is a principle in my life that I'm going to live by principle and not just by circumstance, not just by what my three friends want to do, not just by what I just saw on TV or read in this or heard in a song. I have to have some principles in my life. Amen? And then out of that, we establish priorities. We establish priorities. Based on your principles, then you establish some priorities of what is important to me and what is the order of these things. And that, that's very, very important that you know what your priorities are because if you don't know what they are, somebody else will set them for you. 
And so instead of God being first or family, you know, being in its right place or whatever, you're, you're going to end up with your priorities messed up and then you're going to waste the commodities of life, your most valuable ones, of your time, of your focus, of, of your finances. They'll end up going to the wrong things and then life is, you know, you're going you're gonna to be driving around losing a wheel, so to speak. So de- define your principles, establish your priorities, and this will determine your practices. This will determine what you do. And then ultimately then, this sets patterns for your life. I think that you should be somewhat predictable. I kind of predicted that response. Now, you'll say, well, no, no, we're just different personalities. Plenty of room for that. Plenty of room for all types of personalities and so forth. And actually, here's the truth. You ready? You are predictable. You already have principles, have set priorities, have, have established practices and set patterns. You already are. And pretty much the people that know you best that are around you, they can pretty much predict I can tell you where they are. I can tell you who they're with. I can tell you what they're doing. I can tell you what they're thinking. I know what they're going to say. Are y'all with me? And so you already are predictable. And what we need to do is get this set right so it's something that we're actually happy about. Okay? I know they're going to blow their top when they come in. I can already hear what they're going to say. Or they're in trouble or we can't find them. I know where they're at. I know who they're with. Are y'all with me? And so what we've got to do, it's already, you're already predictable. But we've got to get this in line with some good things that are fruitful, successful, godly habits and let them produce in our life in the right way. Am I bugging y'all? Because some of y'all are, okay. Hang with me here. Now, our life, is to God. And make no mistake about that. Listen to me. You are here, you were created by God and our life is to God and our life is for God. But get this third part. But you're not gonna be able to do it without God. Okay? So my life, your life, my time, your time, your day, your plans, all of those things, it's to God, it's for God, but we really can't do it right without God. In Proverbs 16, verse 3, in the New Living, it says this, Commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. Anybody want your plans to succeed? Then commit it to God. In uh, John 15, 5, it says this, Without without him we can do do nothing. uh, Philippians 4, 13 says, I can do nothing. All things through Christ who gives me strength. That's the biggest thing that you need to know is that without him I can do nothing, but with him I can do it. Okay? And so if my life is to God and for God, and I cannot do it without God, and then in Acts 17, 28, it says, for in him we live and move and have our being. Now, let me talk just a moment about the grace, grace, effort, Combo. How many of you know that God is the God of all grace? Anybody glad for his grace? 
Okay, seven of you. How many of you are glad for his grace? Hebrews tells us that his grace helps us. Okay, his grace helps us. We've also studied and we see that what we need comes out of his grace. Everything that he's planned and prepared and provided and promised for us, it comes out of his grace. And that is either released through his mercy. Remember, you remembering this? Or it's released through faith. And that's released into our life. But grace, all, grace is God's part. We've, we've already established that. But you also need to put out some effort. And see, some people would teach, and I, I just think they need to read their Bible a little more closely, that it's all God. That I don't have to do anything. I can live how I want to live. I don't have to put any effort into it. It's just the grace of God. I'm just living in the grace of God. And that's sloppy and that's very, very dangerous. Okay? Uh, Tony Cook's book on the grace, the DNA of God. He talks where we go wrong with grace is when we fail to couple it with the other major themes of Scripture. When you just put grace out by itself, you don't have a proper balance and a proper understanding of what grace is. And you just say, well, grace helps and God does it and he's just good. Well, he is, but you have to couple that with some other things. So what I want to talk to you about just for a moment here is the grace-effort combo. So there's things that God will do and there's things that you're to do. Okay? And God, uh, let me put it this way, you cannot do God's part and God will not do your part. And the Holy Spirit was introduced to us by Jesus with a number of titles. And one of them is the helper. And then we are called the doer. And I find that the helper helps more when I'm trying to be the doer. Okay? All the while aware that I need his help. Dallas Willard, a, a contemporary theologian, says this. Grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is opposed to earning. Do you get that? Grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is opposed to earning. Grace is opposed that when you're doing your part, you're putting out effort, but you're trying to earn something from God. No, we're just trying to cooperate with God. He's put most of the promises are called conditional promises. And he says, if you do this, I'll do this. Draw near to me, and I'll, I'll draw near to you. Call, and I will answer. Ask, and you will receive. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given. I mean, all over the place, you have a part. And so in our life, though, it's to God, it's for God, but we really can't do it without God. So we do what he says to do, which is faith. That's trust. And God, and when we do what we see that God has shown us to do in his word, then he will come along and do the other part of this and make this happen for us. Amen? Now, if we couldn't count on God daily, then this would be a whole nother story. But this is the thing. Our consistency is actually based in his consistency. Okay, I'm going to slow down for a moment make sure you're with me. Okay? In order for us to be consistent... That depends upon God being consistent because I can't do this without him. Have you ever been at a a position, a job, a a project, um, whatever, where you were dependent on somebody else showing up and doing their part and they didn't, you know? Can you remember being in school and you had a lab partner or a project partner and you got stuck doing all this stuff? Or maybe you were the one that stuck somebody else doing all the stuff. 
Come on, be honest here. Okay? And what if God were unreliable? You know, we can't do it without God. Listen to me. You, you can't do this without God. I'm going to tell you the honest truth. This is what I, I honestly believe this. I don't think you'd know how to button your shirt up two days in a row if it wasn't for the grace of God. I, I don't think you'd know how to find your way out of your house. You'd be like a drunk mouse in a maze if it wasn't for the help and the grace of God. Are you all with me? You say, oh, come on, give us more credit than that. No, no. In him I live, I move, I have my being, and apart from him I can do nothing, I have nothing, I know nothing, I am nothing. And yet he calls me to be consistent. Give me a break. How can I be consistent? By showing up and getting in the line that says, I want to be consistent. Okay, you want to be consistent? You want to have a fruitful life? You want to be a blessing to other people? You want to bring glory to God? Then get in this line and go do that. And do it again. I can't even do it one time with, unless you help me. But see, this is the thing. If God were not consistent, if he were not faithful, then we have a whole other story. Because our consistency is based upon his consistency. Well, guess what? God is what? He's consistent. He's faithful. I'm used to like believers being like happy and <laughs> things like that. Okay. Listen to this. Psalm 68 verse 19 in the uh, Amplified Bible. Blessed be the Lord who bears our burdens and carries us. Is that awesome? I want to read it again. Blessed be the Lord who bears our burdens and carries us day by day. Even the God who is our salvation. See, la pause and calmly think of that. That's such a huge point that the psalmist has kind of drawn a circle around it and highlighted it. He carries our burdens. He sustains us day by day. Can you count on him? Amen. Look at this in Isaiah 33 verse 2 in the New Living. But Lord, be merciful to us for we have waited for you. Be our strong arm. Help me. Each day and our salvation in times of trouble. Each day. I want you to know this. And there is so much scripture on this. I just couldn't take the time to do it all tonight. But listen, God is faithful. And day by day by day by day, you can count on him. Now, if you're metering all of that by your emotions, well, I just don't feel like he's close to me. Shut up. Because either, either he's telling the truth no, no, let me put it, either he's lying or you're mixed up. And if I'm going to be led by my emotions, I'm just not feeling like God's close to me. So then we're going to pout and let the devil come in and beat your brains out. I was going to say steal your lunchbox, but Pastor Ron is a little more violent there. But <laughs> All right. Now... All of this deals with spiritual disciplines, spiritual formation. We spent weeks on in training. We spent weeks on day by day. And it really, it's getting consistency in the right things in our life. The right things in our life. 
maybe you remember with sports or studies or whatever, and your teacher or your coach would say, did you practice this? Did you practice this? Or did you study? You know, you're complaining about your grade. Did you, did you study for this? And you know, there's discipline involved in this. And inconsistency is our problem. That's what stunts our growth. That's what hinders our progress is our inconsistency. Now, here's typically what people do. They look for a shortcut. They look for a shortcut. Let me tell you what the Bible says about that. Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14 in the message. Everybody here? It says, don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff, even though crowds of people do. The way to life, the way to God is vigorous and requires total attention. A couple weeks ago, I heard the news that there was some progress, and they're thinking that maybe in about 10 years there might be a pill that you could take, and you won't have to exercise. Now, be honest. If we were selling these in the cafe, how many of you would go, go get you a bottle of those things, all right? We're always looking for shortcuts. Be honest. Can I get a large bottle of those, please? You know? But we're always looking for a shortcut. Did, did you know you get taken advantage of all the time? If you watch, if you watch a half hour of TV, somebody's hoping you're going to be halfway goofy and gullible. Get our toothpaste, and now you'll be sexy. And you got a whole lot of other problems, but you got their toothpaste. <laughs> Walking around with the toothpaste. I digress. Let's let me. All right, let me let me share some of the things. Everybody say, don't take shortcuts. Don't take shortcuts. Did you know that the uh, Statue of Liberty? Before helicopters, planes had even been invented, that thing was made. And with all the fine detail that's on the face and the hands and everything else, did you know that on the unseen parts on top is fine detail? That inspires me. I said, that inspires me. And we need to live our life that way. We're not shortcuts, just put up what somebody can see, and then the rest of our life is just blank or, you know, pressed board instead of the real stuff. Don't look for shortcuts. Don't look for shortcuts. Let me just list some of the disciplines and then I want to go to the book of Malachi and share something with you here. God's word. Everybody say God's word. I will say it till I die or fly. You need daily exposure to an intake of God's word. It is bread, it is meat, it is life, it is light, it is God-breathed. You've got to get it in your life. And I'm going to tell you one of the number one things the enemy is busy at doing is giving you some kind of pathetic excuse to stay out of God's Word. And you need to get it in you. And we're going to hit this hard on a Sunday series that I'm going to be starting in just a few weeks here. But God's Word, God's Word. And don't just read it. 
Let it speak to you. Meditate on it. Memorize it. It is your life. Jesus, who could do anything, who came to destroy the works of the devil, when the devil showed up, you know what he did? He said, listen to me, you little goober. He said, it is written. And he gave scripture. He used the word of God, folks, to have victory in his life. And when you're getting bombarded with all these things and we just, we don't know what to do, you need to have the scripture And this is not some just religious activity. I'm telling you, taste and see. Jeremiah says, I found your words and they were to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. The psalmist said, I I need your word more than than my daily necessary food. And I'm telling you, when you get the word in the right place in your life, you will never be the same. And you'll start to be fearless in life. You hear me? You'll start to be fearless in life because you've got the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And this is in no real order here. Church. I mean, you know, you need to be consistent about coming to church. And I'm talking to the Wednesday night crew, okay? I'm just hoping you'll tell your little friends, okay? <laughs> But don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together and so much the more as we see the day approaching. If you don't see the day approaching, then you're hiding somewhere, okay? And it's as is the habit or the manner of some. Make it priority. Remember, it's a principle. It's a priority. It's a practice. It's a pattern. It's a pattern. I think your neighbors out raking leaves go, there they go again. They just know. And you don't have to act shy about that. Wave big at them. Because they need to see you're the happiest whole people that they know. Not weird. Not weird. Don't have your kids in the back going. Don't have 9,000 Jesus stickers all over your car. Okay? Y'all with me? But I'm telling you, when people see somebody that they're happy... Their life's not perfect, but they know how to get through it. And they're caring. They go, what is it about them? And they'll start thinking about it. And they go, I don't know, every Sunday and every Wednesday, I see them driving out, going to church. Y'all with me? Yes. Well, I got to keep going here because I got to get somewhere. I mean, in the message. I don't have somewhere to go. <laughs> but I am going to eat later. But um, <laughs> Stewardship. Waiting on God, solitude, meditating, memorizing, declarations, serving, adding value to other people. I think you should consistently be looking, how can I add value to this waitress? How can I add value to my boss, to this friend? It's through words, it's through little actions, it's all those things. How can I add value? How, How can I give encouragement to other people? Now, let me just shoot to kind of the chase here. One of the greatest enemies of consistency in our life is weariness. Weariness. And in Galatians chapter 9, verse, or chapter 6 rather, verse 9, it says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, doing the right things. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. But if you do lose heart, then guess what? Then you're not going to reap. But notice this, let us not grow weary that's a process. I said it's a process. How many of you have grown weary doing something before? 
You know, and sometimes, you know, hey, I'll pick you up for church every week. I'll be there. And then week three. You know, can you um, find another way? Or we commit to do something. There's so many different things, and we just grow weary. We, we make a New Year's resolution. I'm going to get up early every morning. I'm going to worship God. And then January 2nd, you know, I'm just kind of tired today. Okay, January 4th. And the danger of that is we lose heart and we miss our due season, our harvest, and our reward. Now, in the book of Malachi, and this is where I wanted to get tonight, we'll spend just a moment on this. In verse 11, Malachi 1, for from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, get this, my name shall be great. The Lord is saying this, my name shall be great. Everybody say the Lord's name shall be great. My name shall be great among the Gentiles, and every place incense be, uh, shall be offered to my name. Get this. And a pure offering. For my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. But, but, you profane it. Profane what? His name. But you profane it in that you say, the table of the Lord is defiled, and its, fruit, its food is contemptible. You always say, you also say, watch this, oh, what a weariness. And you sneer at it, says the Lord of hosts, and you bring the stolen, the lame, and the sick. Thus you bring an offering. Should I accept this from your hand, says the Lord? But cursed be the deceiver who has in his flock a male and takes a vow but sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is to be feared among the nations. Now, let me make one point, and then I want to shift into how I want to close this here tonight. Weariness is the issue. Weariness is the problem, one of the main problems against our consistency. And, and Paul said in Galatians, let us not grow weary. Stay with me now. Let us not grow weary. And I want to warn you that one of the first places that weariness shows up is in your mouth. And in Malachi, he says that. He said, because you're saying Oh, what a weariness this is. What is he talking about? What? Weary about what? The things that God had asked them to do to honor his name. What are those things? We already listed them tonight. Getting into his word, spending time with him, being kind to people, being a good steward, all of these things, acts of worship, all of these things going on. And he says, you say it's a weariness. Oh, what a weariness. And you sneer at it. You disesteem it. And it can cause you then, when you start to get weary, follow, follow this now. When you start to get weary, let, let me uh, unveil one of the enemy's tricks. How many of you read some books by some Christian authors? Have you ever had this happen to you? You're reading what the author says, and then he cites scripture, and he'll give like, you know, four or five verses of scripture. Do you ever feel like skipping those? Do you? Be honest. Come on, be honest. You get, oh, okay, well, I know the Bible. And so you, you get this and you kind of skip it. Let the Holy Spirit check you on that and stop you to, to make sure you, that you do that. But I'm telling you, we're looking for shortcuts all the time. And we can, if we're not careful, start to cheapen and take shortcuts and get sloppy and let our standards slip concerning what God has commanded us to do for our own good. And it all relates to his name. Now get this, it all relates to his name. And he said, but you profane it. Let me tell you what profane means. 
You defile it. You pollute it. You, you violate the honor. You wound the honor when you get weary or sloppy. Get this. This is the point. I wish I had another half hour. When you get weary or sloppy doing what God has called you to do. It's all about his name. It's all about his glory. And when you or I get inconsistent and sloppy and start shortchanging things and we don't put our heart into it and we're not consistent with things, do you know what we actually do? We profane the honor of the Lord. It dishonors the Lord. Now, this is not a rah-rah moment here. This is kind of a ooh moment to make sure that we look and realize that we actually dishonor the Lord. It's not just about our convenience, but think about it. That the things that we should be consistent about in our life, that when we start to get sloppy with those things, take shortcuts and back up from those things, the Lord says this, that profanes my honor. That, that speaks against my honor of what, I, what rightfully belongs to him. It's all about his name. It's all about his name. So at stake is the honor of his name. At stake is the growth and favor and blessing in your life. And at stake is the good for others that will happen in our life. So, so church, and again, I, I wish I had another half hour, but look at me on this, okay? You know what you're supposed to be doing. You know those things, and I hope you're doing them. I pray you're doing them. But here's the thing. As we're doing these things, let's make sure that we're consistent and not consistent just in a works, 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 works. Got to get up and do it. Got to go do this. Got to go do this. You know, we're doing this to honor God. So when you crack the book, so to speak, when you open the Bible, when you spend time with God, when you're serving whatever that it you would be doing in the, in the whole name of spiritual disciplines. Make sure that we're doing this to the honor of the Lord. And you know what? I think he'll help you to be consistent in that because it's about his glory. Amen? Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this tonight? All right. So, when you pray over a meal, you re- stay with me just a minute. When you pray over a meal, should I put my heart into that? But other people are looking in the restaurant or we pray all the time or no, what should we really do? It's about his honor. It's about his glory. And you know what? He fed you. And you should thank him. What about when you come to church on Sunday? Should we do Kids, just be quiet and get in the car. We'll get this over with and then we'll do something. No, it, it should be in our heart. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. When you get up in the morning and you know, I know I should read the Bible, but you know, I T-bowed the last bit of that game. I want to see how that turned out. You know, hey, it's all about priorities in this thing. Amen.